Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. It's another busy day in the office. Jean is a 37-year-old female who comes in worried that she has an ear infection. She wants you to give her antibiotics so she doesn't, quote, end up in the emergency room again, end quote. She says she has a slight cough and a low-grade fever and believes she has a penicillin allergy, so she doesn't want any of that amoxicillin. How do you help Jean feel better? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chairman from the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School, Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hi, Bob. Hi, Frank. This is a, a, a great case. Uh, once again, a request for antibiotics and concern over a penicillin allergy. Um, you know, we're always struggling to deal with these. Now, I understand that the ACP just put out some new guidelines on uh, antibiotic use in, in uh, primary care settings. Uh, uh, what kind of things did they, uh, you know, recommend that help us in this, uh, this sort of a situation? The, the ACP did come up with some new guidelines, and I really feel they're, they're what we need to do to limit the rising tide of C. difficile and MRSA. So they, they had four big key points that I think we're practice changing. The first is with regard to COPD. When someone has a COPD exacerbation with acute bronchitis, meaning they have an increased sputum production as well as purulence or increased dyspnea, um, they recommend limiting antibiotics to just five days. Now, the common pathogens are the common respiratory pathogens, H-flu, strep pneumonia, and moraxala. They're drugs of choice for amoxicillin clavulonate or erythromycin or doxycycline, and the duration is five days. Now, with regards to community-acquired pneumonia, they said two things. One, use a validated scoring system to see how the patient is to determine whether they should be treated in the inpatient or the outpatient setting, and then treat for a minimum of five days and then repeat that scoring system. And if their clinical signs and symptoms are improving, which meaning resolution of abnormal vital signs, improved ability to eat and normal mentation, you can probably discontinue antibiotics. Here, the common bacterial pathogens again are strep pneumonia, H. flu, and mycoplasma. But we know that the vast majority of respiratory complaints in our patients are going to be viral. Their third guideline for were for women with uncomplicated bacterial cystitis, UTIs, women 18 to 50, they recommend the following options. Nitrofurantoin for five days, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, double strength for three days, or phosphomycin in a single dose. For those rare patients with uncomplicated pyelonephritis, they recommend a fluoroquinolone for five to seven days, or trimethopterin sulfamethoxazole for 14 days. Finally, their fourth recommendation for non-purulent cellulitis, they recommend a five to six day course of antibiotics that's active against strep, like dicloxacillin or cephalaxin, and for patients to self-monitor and have close follow-up. Wow, that's really getting at just 
thinking about moving greatly away from our traditional 10 to 14 day treatment saying five days is if you're going to use antibiotics five days is pretty sufficient i was intrigued by you know women with uncomplicated uh cystitis here to be using the three-day regimen we've been doing that for a while they almost but they talked about nitroferantoin for five days um i tend to use three days for that so i'll have to be uh, uh aware of that any reason for that frank I think most of the studies, because it's not a true antibiotic, have been done with more than three days. Uh, and so that, that's why it's, it used to be seven, then it was five, and then it's been less, and now it, it's back up to five. Okay, thank you. That's helpful to uh, that's helpful to know. And of course, the other issue that 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 uh, your your patient has is a concern over her penicillin allergy. Did they uh, talk about that? Because it seems like everybody's got a penicillin allergy, um, and that's frustrating uh, thinking about that. Because a lot of the recommendations you're that are here for right amoxicillin clavulanate or plain amoxicillin. So what do we do about that? Well, m most patients, well over 90% of our patients in our practice who believe they have a penicillin allergy don't. And we've discussed this on podcasts before. It, 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 the data shows about 8% of the general population and 10% of hospitalized patients believe they have a penicillin allergy. But when they're tested in an allergic setting, over 90% test negative for penicillin allergy. Why is that? Well, first of all, people say, oh, I took an antibiotic and I got diarrhea, or I took an antibiotic and I got a rash. Oh, I must be allergic to it. Or my parent told me that when I was a kid, I had an allergic reaction to it. You really wanna see if you can find out whether they had anaphylaxis. And if they did, those are concerning. But the vast majority of people who had a penicillin reaction did not have an allergy and can take it. Now, um, even for people who've had anaphylaxis, 80% of people who've had an IgE-mediated penicillin allergy will lose that, that sensitivity after 10 years. So if I have any patients who claim they have a penicillin allergy and they didn't end up getting epinephrine in the emergency room and, and a 911 call, I refer them all for a penicillin allergy testing. I've been doing this now for over two years and I've not had a single one come back positive for penicillin allergy. Wow, that's uh, that, that's useful information. Uh, I'll probably have to start doing some referrals for that too. Um, the final thing here is, you know, you, you, potentially this patient, you're not going to bother prescribing an antibiotic for. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of gathering based on on these guidelines. But what do you do about her cough? Well, Bob, um, you know. Uh, the American College of Physicians recognize that most respiratory complaints get better on their own. So they're saying for patients with acute cough, post-nasal drip, um, likely a common cold, medications are not recommended of any sort, certainly not antibiotics, but not even cough or cold medicines. They recommend against non-prescription cough and cold medicines, and they recommend against any product containing codeine. We have really good data that shows the most effective cough medicine is honey. It's as effective as dextromethorphan and has far fewer side effects as other things like diphenhydramine. So for most people, uh, me included, I would certainly be very happy taking a teaspoon or a tablespoon of honey every hour or two, rather than take some nasty tasting, multi-drug um, uh, quill type of syrup. So I, I, I agree with them. Uh, for patients who I think have a viral infection, I provide close follow-up, tell them, you know, if they're getting worse, to let me know right away. And I treat their symptoms very carefully, maybe a decongestant, but most often I just have them drink a lot of fluids and take some honey. Wow. 
there is a huge market in cough medications out there, and even uh, seeing them frequently on, uh, on 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 TV, this is this is really uh, good to know. I mean, oftentimes people come in and they say, "Well, I've been taking that; it's not helping at all." I say, "Yeah, right, it's not helping at all." It doesn't surprise me. And uh, but the idea that I can say, you know what? Try some honey. That's probably going to be more effective. That that's great news as well. Thank you, Frank. This is a this is really a, a helpful uh, review. Yes, I, I thank you, Bob. The ACP gave us really good guidance, and I think we have to become very careful because, as you noted, most antibiotics are prescribed in the primary care setting. So we have to take responsibility for the C. diff and MRSA and lowering those risks by using antibiotics in a very judicious way and treat most symptoms and reassure patients that if they're not getting better, we'll see them back. Practice pointer. For adults with community-acquired pneumonia, New guidelines recommend treating for a minimum of five days and using a validated measure of clinical status. But for most patients with viral syndromes, treat symptomatically with honey being the preferred cough suppressant. Join us next time when we update some information on treating perennial allergic rhinitis with nasal steroids. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.